everybody. I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey, Songtown. Welcome to another edition of Songtown on Songwriting. I'm here with Marty Dodson. Woo! <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to make a noise today. Yeah. Hey. Has to be done. I got it. I got a surprise for you. I know we've been on this okay. tear where we, we like to do surprises where I don't tell Marty what we're going to talk about. That's um, right. And he doesn't tell me what he's going to talk about. And um, so let's let's do this. I want to talk about, and I'll start, because this might be a hard one. You might have to think of something. But okay. I want to start with songwriting advice that you don't hear a lot of. That's re- really important stuff. Because everyone's talking about these shiny objects. You know, mm-hmm. they do their Google searches and they go, oh, people want to know about this and people want to know about that. And our approach at Songtown has always been to teach what we feel like as pros, what helped us to get to where we are and what's going to help an aspiring songwriter to get to where they can write songs that matter to people. And oftentimes we're at odds with a lot of the advice out there that people are giving. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about some advice that you don't hear a lot of. And one thing for me is I heard um, a great songwriter one time say, you can't write a great song trying to write a great song. And I know exactly, I know exactly what he means is that there's so much time people are trying to teach songwriters how to write a great line. You know, the, all these fancy techniques and fancy words. And, you know, it's, it's all about trying to sound sexy so the songwriter will think the program is cool. And when it really comes down to the nuts and bolts of writing in a writing room, we know that the songs that hit you the hardest are there songs that are clear and simple? And I just wanted to read you a couple. I know you're the lyric meister, but I wanted to read you a couple of my favorite songs that I think are so simple, but that have affected me over the years. And we just had Shelly Pikin on one of our Club Songtown episodes. And one of her songs is just so killer. Every time I hear it, the first time I heard it, I was blown away and I'm still blown away by it. But check out this chorus. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. And I do not feel ashamed. I'm your hell. I'm your dream. I'm nothing in between. You know, you wouldn't want it any other way. Man, I mean, it's so clear, like just the three syllable phrases. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. Three, four, three, four. Um, You get so much out of that song. But yet, if you were to look at that lyric on paper, there's not a lot there. Mm -hmm. Know what I mean? Yeah, you'd be like, how'd they make that much money on those few words? (laughs) (laughs) but it's true. It's so clear, but the words have power. It's like they've, they've boiled everything down to just the essential elements that are going to hit you. And I know exactly what this song is. You know, it's, it's a woman 
that she's a little bit of all these things, you know? Yeah. And when this, this song, you know, it's not as impressive hearing it today because we've heard it over and over and over. But the first time you heard this song, it was amazing. And, you know, I've often these songs of the year, songs that, you know, that really last and stand the test of time follow this program of simple. And I just wanted to read you another one of my all time favorite lyrics. Turn down the lights, turn down the bed. Turn down those voices inside my head. Lay down with me. Tell me no lies. Just hold me close. Don't patronize. Don't patronize me. Because I can't make you love me if you don't. You can't make your heart feel something it won't. Here in the dark in these final hours, I will lay down my heart and I'll feel the power. But you won't. No, you won't. Because I can't make you love me if you don't. I mean, man, how powerful. That destroys me. I mean, I can't hear that song without choking up. I mean, yeah. to me, that is the, I mean, and it's so simple when you just look, turn down the lights, turn down the bed, turn down the voices yeah. inside my head. <laughs> I mean, it's got some furniture if you want to talk, you know, techniques. Right. But. But man, I mean, to me, the songs that really hit me the hardest a lot of times are simple. They're to the point. They're not complicated. And I think as writers, when when we're trying to make it as a songwriter and get the world to notice our songs, we have this tendency to overwrite, to try to impress, to show the world how good we are and to write that great line and to write that great song. And I think that's what's meant by you'll never write a great song by trying to write a great song. You'll write a great song by being real, being conversational, and just getting to the heart of the matter. Yeah. You know, you and I always have people coming to us that have taken classes elsewhere or read a book about songwriting and, and they'll say, you know, why, why don't you teach more about meter? Or they'll say, you know, why don't you teach about this technique or this technique or, you know, counting syllables? Why don't you talk about that? And we say, because we don't do that in our everyday life as pro songwriters, you know, we've, we've right. got a combined 50 years experience of doing this and we don't do that. I mean, we don't sit in the, the rooms and, and talk about those things. And so, you know, we try to lay out things for people like you just mentioned. You know, the thing they don't tell you is that the most important things about songs are clear communication and heart. And those examples you gave, super clear communication, but there was a lot of heart in there. There's a lot of emotion in both of those songs. And if you have those two things, people aren't counting how many syllables you had or the meter. I mean, they're, they, they get lost in the song because they feel something. And that's what right. we're after when we write. You know, we're, we're, Clay and I are just finishing up a, a class on uh, writing for artists. And every single week, somebody has asked the artist, what's your vocal range? And they come back and say... <laughs> we're not music theory people. We just sing. Right. You know, and, and, it, and it's kind of like that. We're not songwriting theory people. 
We just write songs and right. we, we have learned how to move people with those songs. And I think that's the thing they don't tell you because you, you can read all the books, you can take all the classes. And if you get lost in the minutia of all that stuff, you're probably going to lose the communication and the heart piece, which are the most important pieces. Yeah, it's it's funny that you brought up the writing for recording artists course because we've done it for three years in a row. And you're right. The other question they always ask is, what's your favorite key to sing in? And I've never had an artist ever say, oh, I like to sing in the key of A. You know, they yeah. they don't think like that. And plus, it doesn't really matter because the melody, it depends more about how the melody falls in a key. You could be in the key of A and sing in the singer's range, and you can be in the key in A and be totally outside of the singer's range. But the trick is, and all that matters, is that you write a great song, then that singer can put it in any key they want to put it in. Yeah. So, you know, that that's the thing is somewhere along the line, they were told, well, find out what key the singer sings in. And, you know, that's going to help you get a cut. And no, it's, and I, I don't know about you, but I've never been out of how many thousands of pro writing sessions we've been on. I've never had a singer come in and go, well, I sing in the key of G. Like it, it just right. doesn't happen. And so yeah, I, there's no, go ahead. Yeah. So I just really think what we try to focus on in these podcasts and everything we teach in Songtown is what goes on in the pro writing rooms. We strip all of that other stuff away. And then what you're left is you're left with what is important where the rubber meets the road and you're trying to write a song that you know, hurt somebody, or you're trying to write a song that makes people want to dance, whatever that emotion is, you know, when we're in a pro writing room, there are things we think about. And then there's all these other things that people learn about in classes that we never think about, you know, right. that just don't matter. And so that's kind of what I wanted to try to separate a little bit of today. Um, and, and kind of offer some advice that you don't really hear a lot of when, when you're taking a class or something on, on songwriting. Yeah. And in, in that class that we've been teaching, you know, it, it's been interesting to see how, uh, you know, a lot of people will ask the, those questions that are not important, like the key or, or the vocal range and that kind of stuff. And, and the, the questions we need to be asking are, what do you want to say as an artist? You know, what are you feeling right now that you're passionate about? Right. Those kind of things are, are the important things. And I think it, that kind of leads me to the next thing I was going to talk about on this topic after you brought it up was I think people don't tell you to be true to the song. You know, they, you, you get all these lessons about how to construct all these different things, but, mm -hmm. but sometimes we and other people forget to say, you know what, it's all about what that song needs. So yeah. when you get to a bridge section and you're trying to decide that we have a bridge, you don't just go, well, somebody told me you're supposed to have a bridge. So we're going to write one. You go, does this song need a bridge? You right. know, what would serve this song the best? And if you keep that in mind and you continually make the choices that make the song better, then you're going to write your best song as opposed to going by some formula someone told you, or, you know, I went to a writing camp in Sweden one time and, the 
they said, well, we have to have a middle eight. That's what they called like a bridge section or a, or a solo. And in their, in their mind, in some of the people's minds, you, you had to have that. It was just a non-negotiable. Well, that's not always best for the song, you know? Right. So I think if you can keep in mind that idea of like at, at every turn, let's do what's best for this song and let's not give this song any more or less than it needs, then uh, you're going to do your best work. Yeah, we always talk about the song is king, mm-hmm. you know, and that's another thing that when you're co-writing that a lot of times, you know, everyone in the room, when you're not a pro and you're trying to figure out how do you co-write and you're on your first co-writing sessions, you always run into somebody that's trying to dominate. They want to get every line in that song to be their line they thought of and they're trying right. to. You know, and we always say as pros, it doesn't matter where the line comes from. And the song is king. The song will tell you what kind of line it needs, how many lines it needs. And so it's that process of of being a servant to the song. Let your ego go and don't get in the way of the song. And so I always love that advice. Uh, another thing I think that One thing I learned early on, I went to a jazz school. I went to Berkeley for a while in Boston and learning to play guitar. One of the first pieces of advice they told me that I never hear in songwriting classes, but it's been instrumental in my own career is they told me, if you want to be a good player, you've got to memorize a lot of songs. And, you know, playing, singing, it's all a physical kind of thing. So especially if your songs are dated, you know, people come to me, us all the time and they say, oh, my songs are dated. How do I update my sound? I'm like, well, what was the last time you memorized a song? Oh, well, I like Jackson Brown back in the, you know, when I was uh, growing yeah. up, growing up there, Garth Brooks when I was growing up. Yeah, Garth yeah. Brooks in the 90s. And, you know, I learned all his songs and then I started writing my own. Well. What you're doing when you're memorizing is you're building your musical vocabulary, your lyrical vocabulary. So if you stop memorizing, you're going to be stuck back where you were, your vocabulary back in those days. So it's real important to stay current and memorize current songs. You don't have to memorize songs you don't like. Find songs you like. And that builds your vocabulary It gets your body in motion. If you're doing melody, whether you're playing an instrument, whether you're singing, you're going to feel the grooves that are happening now. And you're going to be more in tune with keeping yourself current. But I never really hear people go, you know, they're all teaching techniques of, you know, melody techniques where you get, and I do it too. I teach line plus three is a technique I came up with that a lot of people know um, that's very popular. But you, you'd hardly ever hear people go, you need to be memorizing songs and increasing your vocabulary. But I think it's crucial. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote with a, a young writer one day and he said, uh, forgive me, I didn't have time to kind of look into what you've written and that kind of thing. Do you have anything I could hear that you've written? And so I, I told him a couple things to check out on Spotify and he listened to him and he was like, oh, I don't. I don't know a lot of stuff from the older country artists. And I said, like who? And he said, like, you know, Billy Currington. And, and I'm like, 
that's not old, my friend. And, you know, I mean, I, I think it, if you memorize songs, you know, when you were younger and you continue to do that, as you get older, you've got a vast repertoire of things you can bring into your music. You know, yeah. I mean, I've had hits with some R&B influence that I I learned from the music I listened to as a, a teenager, you know, and and if you if you just listen to to current music, you're limiting your repertoire of things you can draw from because in in older music in the genre that you're writing, there's a lot of great things that you could bring back or bring back elements of, and it can, it can really improve your writing. Exactly, man. Well, Marty, I want to talk about for one second, Sweetwater, our sponsor. Um, if you're looking on YouTube, I just point behind me, you can see my gear. I'm just, yes, I have a problem. I have a musical equipment problem. <laughs> I love, I love checking out new gear and Sweetwater always helps me. Uh, great service. And so I can't say enough about those guys. Also, we've got some incredible courses at Songtown. We have over 14 long form courses you can take in video. We have over 800 lesson videos. So check out songtown.com. We love to help people level up their writing. Once you get to a great level where you're writing consistently good, we can help you make those industry connections. Absolutely. Anything you got check to out, say? Check out the show notes. We've got uh, links to books in there and also links to Songtown. We'd love for you to check out Songtown, get 10 free videos to kind of see what we're all about. But uh, thanks for checking out, whether you're watching on YouTube or um, Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love it if you rate us. We don't charge for the podcast we don't you know <laughs> ask for anything other than a good rating if you enjoy the show that really helps us we will see you yep. next week cheers y'all